0: It's incredibly wonderful to meet fellow United Nations FCC Younger Youth Constituent at COP28 to hear their insights for Odyssey Global Media podcasts. Um, It was an absolute honor to meet Michelle Kim, who is a sustainability educator, youth community leader, and advocate working heavily on UN SDGs, and social and environmental pillars of sustainability. Michelle has numerous lived experiences growing up in four different countries, Korea, Philippines, Canada and the US and has experienced poverty, climate crisis to racism. Therefore, all her experiences are rooted from her care and love for the people and the planet and she has a wonderful ethos of no one gets left behind. Michelle is currently completing her Global Development Master's degree at Harvard University. She has incredible meaningful work from being involved in the current climate education in both global, south, and the north, working at international and local levels. As a youth ambassador with the UN Association Canada, she has worked to promote UN SDGs and has worked with charity organizations in Canada for Indigenous youth and marginalised youth on developing climate initiatives, projects for Greater Toronto Area, amongst other incredible achievements. Thank you so much for joining us
1: today, Michelle. Can you tell us um, about your background, please? Definitely.
2: My name is Michelle Kim. So I was born in South Korea, and then I moved to the Philippines when I was about five years old. And then I moved to rural areas in Canada when I was 10. And I did my undergraduate and currently doing my master's in the United States. So throughout my time, I have been very involved in various areas of sustainability because I was used to growing up in different countries. So academically, I finished my Bachelor of Science degree um, in University of Alberta and currently finishing my Master's in Harvard University, focusing on that intersection of sustainability, health,
1: as well as that environment piece. Fantastic. It sounds like um, that you're very aspirational, involved in um, a variety of um, educational activities and um, uh, activism for the environment to make an impact. So what is your specific role within Younger UNFCC and how long have you been involved with the organization?
2: Yeah, I haven't been uh, involved for that long, but I've been with Younger for about, a little over a year now. So there are different teams in Yongo and the team that I've been working a little bit more closely is the energy team as well as adaptation. Um, recently with COP28, I've been really involved with the action team, which means throughout the blue zone, there are different types of actions happening. So liaising with UNFCCC for the approval all the way to collecting and coordinating some of these actions to support is one of the roles I've been playing at COP28 this
1: year. Fantastic. It sounds like you've been very active and sort of um, been involved with the varying processes to really make an impact. Um, What are the challenges and opportunities within this role? Yeah, I would say, uh, let me start first off with Youngo
2: as a whole. Even Um, Just like you, when I first joined Youngo, there are a lot of complexities. Yes, you're admitted in and joining in. However, there's a lot of different roles, positions, and things happening. It's a little bit harder for the newer members to navigate how to understand which team to join, what to do, or finding that first point of contact is, of course, very challenging because of its sheer number of people that is involved with Youngo. But that's also at the same time the opportunity because there are youth all over the world Ranging from climate activism, climate act experts, all the way to engineers or medical students or lawyers who are working on different areas of sustainability and climate. So you will there's vast mass vast, vast knowledge as well as expertise and friendship that is available amongst the community.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, when we think about organizations and systems, we don't come across perfect organization systems. We come across human organizations and systems, each with its challenges and opportunities. Um, um, Why do you think youth advocacy is so important? Yeah, that's a really great question, because,
2: you know, when someone asks this question, I so many times hear from other folks, older folks, let's say, saying, oh, it's important because you're the future leaders. But the truth is, we are the leaders now. We are also living in this society, and it'll be our society next years and coming forward. So another piece that I am constantly being reminded of is the opportunity and need of action that youth have to take place right now. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon has said this generation of youth are the ones who has first chance at tackling the extreme poverty, at the same time the last chance at saving our planet. So I truly leave to that values and youth being at the front face, uh, trying to leave about the future that we will be part of, I think that is very important, and this this current generation We are, there's so many, so much use in the entire history. So there's a lot of actions and mobility that we can really take impact on.
1: Absolutely. And I like your ethos that we start with now, that we start taking action now. It's so important rather than sort of wait into the future, because that waiting leads on to more waiting. And that kind of sort of impacts the um, climate change narrative, as well as the processes, because it is an urgent concern. Climate change is happening now and it's kind of snowballing at a faster rate, um, sustainability and environment issues are something to be looked at now rather than the future. And it's so wonderful to see that you are really playing a meaningful and active role within this. Um, How has the COP28 experience enabled youth and children advocacy in relation to environment and sustainability? Today, I
2: guess, is the last day at COP28, so there's a lot of mixed feelings and emotions. So first, I would say in terms of youth and children advocacy, there has been a lot of action. So there you have seen people's power, us standing together, because sometimes being in this position feels very lonely. When you are working in this path or like in your casual friends conversation, we do not hear as much of this energy and activism and you sometimes feel like the odd one to think about. However, when you're in this field, you truly see that people all around the world are working and you feel less siloed. At the same time, you know... COP28 and all the negotiation between fossil fuels, face down, face out, wordings, language, it's still ongoing. And it's also very tiring. They say there's so many times I've been talking with government, parliament officials and they say, oh, I love the youth energy. And sometimes it's not take our concerns seriously or think that we won't get tired by keep fighting. So I think. Um, having a community of youth working together on this really builds that mobility and provides us with that resilience to, even though there are lots of setbacks to get up and continue on with the advocacy work.
1: Absolutely. And I think when you touched upon that, creating that sense of community and the COP28 um, is, a, is a wonderful opportunity to sort of come together, raise those issues and kind of see tangible actions come into play. Um What kind of initiatives or environmental advocacy initiatives have you been involved in in this regard? Yeah, I think there are multiple pieces. First, my direct
2: action is a lot focused on mobilizing an education sector too. So I work at the University of Alberta and one of the programs we run are on sustainability. So a lot of it really focuses on youth and empowering other youth to be part of that conversation. Yeah, so I've been involved in various initiatives throughout my time. Um, First, currently I work at the University of Alberta in the sustainability sector, where I've been involved with directly educating youth on sustainability. So lots of new students coming into university, they get opportunity to volunteer and learn about sustainability. Something that is really important for me is that when it comes to United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, I truly believe that everyone has part in this global goals and something that they personally experience. So connecting them to their careers, community or opportunity so that whatever career they end up becoming, this piece is still, sustainability is still part of their role. And with the Harvard University, I've been involved with the Council of Student Sustainability Leadership Team where we are working on various pieces within the university itself on sustainability goals reducing carbon footprint all the way till like peer to peer mentorship and community work that is related to climate action and sustainability and in a larger scale, I would say I've been trying to be more involved in advocacy groups like Yongo, United Nations Association Canada, and finding more opportunities to make that changes in more systematic level. Because individual level is great and that provides bigger, that provides individual impact. However, once we make it into a systems level, I feel like there's less work as an individual to do when the system is built there to make and create for system, systematic sustainability future. And I hope that's where I hope to see some of these actions moving forward with COP28.
1: Absolutely. I think there's less resistance as well once Mm -hmm. it's built into a systematic level, uh, whereas the efforts of an individual, you know, they might face hardship, there might be motivation, um, whereas once it becomes systematic, then it's kind of self-sustainable. And I have to kind of really congratulate your efforts on that because you are very invested in this as an individual and even more so from an educational perspective because these are kind of the conversations that will pave the way forward for the future. Now, how important do you think it is to incorporate voices of Indigenous youth and communities and why? I
2: think this is one of the most important pieces that I want to highlight. So I'm from Canada This means Beaver Hills House in our indigenous Cree language and which is in Western language Edmonton. So there are so much impacts that people in these communities are bearing in terms of climate impact as well as injustice. And indigenous youth and indigenous people within the communities are the one of the first people to experience one of this marginalization and experience from the colonial perspective all the way to the current world. So for me, listening to their voices provides us with a better future where it's not climate change just in a Western context, but actually for the just transition. One of the quote that I also truly believe is that leave no one be behind is one of the global goals that we have to move forward, which I'm not sure if it is really the way our world is currently going. But in order for us to achieve that, we have to make sure these voices are heard and are in the front line um, in order for us to move towards more sustainable, just future.
1: Absolutely. I think so. Eloquently and beautifully put, leaving nobody behind. And there's the element of justice as well, because the remnants of colonialism have global ramifications where in not only indigenous communities, but countries mm-hmm. and uh, global regions have been deprived of exactly. their resources, of their ability to be self-sufficient, of their voices muted. Um, and the, what we're see, seeing The ramifications of that, not just with the environmental issues or the climate issues, but also on the young generations, on the children, on the youth. It's happening now. It's happened in the past and it's continuing to happen unless and until there is tangible action um, that we are taking where people like yourself are amplifying those voices and saying, no, it needs to start from now. You know, the wait cannot continue. We cannot wait for... um, you know zero point something degrees or decimal degrees to kind of start increasing the temperature and that going on to affect the ecosystems the environment and again humans as well and it, it, it is kind of you know reflecting on it it is kind of I don't know if circular or holistic because there's this impact not just on humans but on ecosystems, habitats, on orga- or- organisms that are within those ecosystems and habitats, you know, on the biotic and abiotic factors that we have in the environment that then directly goes on to affect us as humanity as a whole, uh, whether that's through a, a ripple or a domino effect, you know, where something that happens in one part of the world eventually does begin to impact or have some sort of a consequence for another part of the world so and that is our interconnectedness with planet earth as well so thank you for kind of really emphasizing that what kind of future initiatives do you think would assist youth advocacy in relation to climate change environment and sustainability in a practical sense that's a great
2: question i think If we are emphasizing on practical sense for anyone listening to this, I would have maybe three suggestions. First, in terms of advocacy, find out which area of sustainability that you're most passionate about. You can start from education. You can start from, let's say, something like women's rights that you feel like is not relevant to environment. But once you really dig deeper into it, you see that interconnectedness that you have mentioned. So look at the 17 maybe UN SDGs, find out where you support best or feel best, and then find your passion in that terms. Second, I would say join some organization. You can join organization within your community, within your school, within your university or outside like Yongo, where you'll be able to learn, get mentorship. At the same time, learn farther into this initiative because this, is, this will be part of our future. And lastly, after having some of this learning or even while you're learning, I would say amplify the voice. We are more connected and ever connected with social media. I know sometimes it's hard to be coming out there or even it can also be other means. It can be also through your dinner tables, educating your friends, families and having this casual conversation. You know, not too long ago, climate change itself, the word, not many people knew about it. But now we do know about it. And I think throughout the time, you will face so much instances where people feel like you can try all that, but still nothing will change or nothing will happen. But I think our choice is all the things that has happened in the past, people would say this was not possible until it is done. And I think there's always a brighter future that we can work and strive towards. And for a more sustainable and just future, we really need many youth voices to keep amplifying and joining this action. Whether you see yourself as advocate or not, I think you are part of it if you're listening to this podcast.